0: Being a good wife does not come easy to women any more than being a good husband comes easy to men. Our sinful, selfish nature needs training and instruction. We are called to imitate Christ in all things. This is what it means to deny ourselves and take up our cross and follow Jesus. With this in mind, Paul tells us, And further, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. For wives, this means, submit to your husbands as to the Lord. For a husband is the head of his wife, as Christ is the head of the church. He is the savior of his body, the church. As the church submits to Christ, so you wives should submit to your husbands in everything. So again I say each man must love his wife as he loves himself and the wife must respect her husband. Paul is assuming that the man in this marriage is the chief servant in his home faithfully laying down his life for his wife and children just as Christ did for the church.
1: Well good morning everybody. So I'm not Pastor Allen. I'm Dennis Weeb. I'm an elder here at the church, and uh, Pastor Allen's off uh, at a conference uh, getting some refreshing and some additional education, and uh, so you have me two weeks in a row. So either I did a great job last week and they decided to have me again, or they just couldn't find anybody else. So. but We're going to be continuing on with the sermon series, uh, God's Will for Your Family, and it is personal. It is your family. And, and we need to understand that God's laid out some very specific um, requirements for each of us in that marriage relationship. And again, I'm gonna ask no one to check out. If you're not married, you probably have a hope to be married. And if you are older and you're not married anymore, maybe you're a widower, maybe you're a widow, you can provide advice to others who are younger and entering into that. So please, nobody check out because this message does apply to everybody. So last week we talked about men, and I, I think uh, we beat men up pretty good. And I had, I had a few texts back saying, hey, challenge accepted. And that, that was really encouraging for me to hear that, because sometimes the words can be pretty harsh, because this is very counterculture, what, uh, what the requirements that, that God's laid out for marriage and today may be no exception. Uh, today we're, we're speaking not just to husbands, but husbands and wives. So I know I may not be qualified to speak for wives, but understand this is God's words, not necessarily mine, okay? But let, let's start with just leadership in general or, or authority. See, we, we have all different levels of Authority and leadership in our lives, whether it's a teacher at school, whether it's your manager or your boss at work, whether it's the government, whether it's your parents, could be the pastor in your church, elders in your church, and ultimately God. We all have different levels of authority and governance in our lives. So for myself, I'm a real estate agent. I'm self-employed. So some people go, oh, man, you're self-employed. You don't have to answer to anybody. Hang on there. Hang on. Let's count them. I have the Canadian Real Estate Association that I get, I get to pay money to and follow their rules. I've got the Manitoba Real Estate Association. They get to pay them and, and follow their rules. I've got the Securities Commission. Believe me, I've got to pay them and follow their rules. And then I have my broker that I pay monthly fees to. And... Lastly, what used to be known as the Winnipeg Real Estate Board is now called Winnipeg Realtors. So I have five levels of governance in my self-employment, don't answer to anybody world. Okay? This is just the reality of most of us. We, we have bosses. We have, we have uh, managers. We, we have government authorities. We have all kinds of governing bodies and people that we need to submit to. And that's going to be a key word throughout this sermon today. Submission, obedience, respect. We're going to go through those from a lot of different perspectives. So it, it, was, it was really interesting to attend the three funerals this week. In particular, Peter Weeb. For those who don't know, that, that was Janet's dad. Janet gave this amazing speech and, and you know it, it, there was there was a component in it that really stuck out to me and she used the word obey now this is not a popular word these days i think a lot of people and i hear it you know different people i meet and greet it's like oh you do you you do you and i'll do me there's there's no level of understanding of of obedience that, that there is authority in our life, and we do need to submit to that authority. And in Janet's case, using the word obey, she, she's put out just an incredible story of how her father instilled the requirement to obey and how that has carried her in her life. You see, we, we often just think of it as a bad term, and, and it's just not Common or popular today. And yet, if you adhere and obey to the authorities in your life, your life's just plain flat out going to be way easier. And in her case, actually carried her to some pretty high levels. You know, Janet was, she she worked at IBM for decades. And that's where I, I actually first met Janet before I was even at Cross Church when I was a, an IBM employee. And it carried her to not a first line, not a second line. I believe she was a third line manager. So she was, she was up there. And she, she really attributes obedience as a key factor in allowing her to get to where she is. But not just work. In her life as well, school, also in her marriage, now, that's something that, that we don't often hear. You know, we used to, in, in wedding vows, we used to talk about obey. We don't anymore. That's been removed. But the requirement of God has not been removed. It is still there. And we need to be consider, you know, mindful of that so that we can get this straight. Another component is respect. I think we can all think about a teacher or a manager that we've had in our life that we can say we deeply respected that person, not just because they were in a position of authority, but because of how they treated us. And, and there is a, a level of respect given to those that are having an attitude of humility, of service. And when that is there, it becomes so much easier, even in the workplace, to submit respect, and obey. So let's take a look at what Scripture has to say about this. For the Lord's sake, submit to all human authority, whether the king ha- as head of state or the officials he has appointed. Um, for the king has sent them to punish those who do wrong and to honor those who do right. That's in 1 Peter three, thirteen and 14. This is this is a key component. You see, we we often get angry with the government and we want to we want to be rebellious. But here's here's God saying, "No, no. You you need to obey those that are that are in authority over you." Our tendency is to go, "Well, I disagree with what the government's doing, so I'm just not even going to listen or obey." And over the last 2 years, we've seen incredible divisiveness And I I think we have forgotten some of those key components of submission, respect, and obedience. And we need to take a step back and really understand what it is. This was written under Roman occupation. So in our attitude of, oh, times are really tough right now, give your head a shake. These guys were, you know, if if you spoke about Christianity, you were imprisoned. if you you did anything that was out of line, your life may be at risk. This is not our situation. And, And we, I think, have a greater disrespect for those in authority above us than ever before. So how does this now connect in? This same principle now flows into the church and into marriage. So we've got Jesus Christ as the head of the church, and the church being his bride. And our marriage actually mirrors that layout. So we need to understand that we, we have in our marriage the exact same um, structure that, that God laid out for the church and it's also mirrored down into, into the marriage. So let's let's have a look at, at the scripture. In the same way, you who are younger must accept the authority of the elders and of all and all of you dress yourselves in humility as you relate to one another, for God's for God opposes the proud and gives grace to the humble. It's first Peter five, five. So this is instructions. To people in the church now let's 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 be clear accept the authority is just another phrase for submit also you might be going well what about younger because i'm not the, the oldest person here but it's talking about spiritual maturity at what age are you in your spiritual walk This is is what this is referring to. So elders are established in the church to to govern and provide direction. And the congregation is to submit to the elders and to the pastor. So for those who don't know, from a biblical perspective, pastor and elder are often interchangeable. So Pastor Allen will often refer to himself as an elder of the church, part of the elder group, which includes myself, Inquan Park, and Don Davidson. So we are who we believe God has established for cross-church as the elders in this church to govern this body. And this is super important to understand because we are all then applying those same three principles, respect, submission, and obedience, in this church, to ensure that we have a variety of things. So let's go through some of those things that that we need to be looking at. Because none of us are perfect. We're all sinners, elders, congregants. doesn't matter. We're all in the same boat. We are all in dire need of a Savior named Jesus Christ. So we we look at the things that... that We've got this structure here at Cross Church called The Seven Habits, soon to be nine, apparently. If you're not familiar with it, check out the website. It's there. Check out any of the people who have been around here a little while. They'll, they'll give you instruction on The Seven Habits. Because we're, we're called to live holy lives, and this is habit number two, moment-by-moment moment holiness, that, that we are living our lives in an appropriate way under the guidance and direction of first Pastor Allen and then the elders. And th- this, is, this is super important to, to understand because some people, they, they want to take the church in a direction that they want because they, that, that issue of obedience and submission is often a really difficult thing. And we want to get our back up because they're not doing the things that I want them to do. They're not doing it the way I want them to do it. And yet, God's placed us here to lead this congregation. And I, I really, truly believe that because the pre this verse is talking about accept authority, but it's all authority. There is nobody in a position of leadership, no matter how evil you think that person may be, God has placed that person in a position of authority, whether it's government, church, that person is there because God's allowed them to be there. For whatever God's purpose is, because remember... In the scripture it says, all things work together for good for them that love God. Okay? So even though we may not see it, there is a reason for it. Unity is such an incredible component. We all have different talents and abilities here at Cross Church. We have some who are great at administration. We have... Weird people like me who are just people people and just love meeting people and connecting, and that's that is the gift that God's given me. Some people are great with finances, some people are great teachers. There are so many different components of of the people that are within Cross Church, but everybody has a role to play. And we all need to be pulling in the same direction. Because otherwise, how do you move forward? In Quan, being an engineer, can, you know, describe for you very well. If you're moving in one direction and you have something pulling you to the side, one, you're going to veer off course, but you're going to lose that momentum that you have been working towards to strive towards Christ. Sideways energy is, is always detrimental to the body. We have to work in unity Moving in the same direction. And ultimately, Jesus is our leader. And he is the one who absolutely gave up everything for us to lay down his life so that we can have eternal life. This is the whole point of us being here. This isn't just a fun Sunday gathering, this is the point of why we're here to celebrate the incredible gift that Jesus gave us when he laid down his life in the ultimate sacrifice for all of our sins for all time. This is, this is what we as Christians believe. This is, this is the gospel. And this is what the point of, of us meeting here at Cross Church is. Now, when we, when we look at the family, it's no different You see, we we often kind of then lose sight of what does the marriage actually look like? But it actually mirrors the church very well. In the church, we have God, Jesus, pastors, elders, congregants. That's the way it is. In the family, God, Jesus, the husband, wife, kids. It's it's the same, it's that same structure. And it's the same requirements if we looked at respect, obey, and, and, and um, submission. Those, those are the things that we need to be looking to. What we need to be asking ourselves constantly is, as husbands, are we worthy of the office of husband? And as wives, are we worthy of the office of wives? Is this? Are we living our life in an appropriate way that is honoring and pleasing to God. Because remember, it's not about us. We have to set ourselves aside. And, and that, that is just an, an incredible act of humility. So let's look at Ephesians, our, our text for today. And further, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. For wives, this means submit to your husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of his wife, as Christ is the head of the church. He is the savior of his body. The, the, he, he is the savior of his body, the church. As the church submits to Christ, so wives should submit to your husbands in everything. It's Ephesians 5: 21 to 24. All these scriptures that we've looked at today, submission, submission, and this one, four times submission. This is, this is what God is asking us to do. And yet it is so hard to do. We want to do things our own way. We want to stand up and just go, Nope, I'm going to do me. I want it to do it my way. And this is why I think it really stood out to me what Janet was saying on, on Friday at her father's funeral that obedience, that her father taught her to obey myself this has been a major struggle for me and this is what led in my earlier years through my teens and 20s so many problems because of a rebellious nature that i wasn't submitting i didn't like the way things were going in my job i think i got fired twice maybe you can relate to that but why did i get fired because I just refused to do things the way that I was asked to do them. Well, why would somebody pay me to do things the way I want to do them when I don't own the company? And I don't think it's gotten any different now. Even though I am self-employed, I still have to obey the rules that are governing my industry. In my marriage, I must obey the guidelines that God has, no, I'm not going to call them guidelines. The, the, the rules that God has given us of how to live in a successful marriage. We, we want to just do things our own way. And, and I, I, this is something that has been the bane of my existence. And I've had to fight against it my entire life. And it, I, think, I think I'm getting better at it. Ask my wife, Sally. She'll tell you. I think I've gotten a little better at it, but I think i still got quite a distance to go. So we need to look at how, again, pointing back to these seven habits and the structure in the church, how does that now apply to our marriage? Well, in the church, we have a congregation of many. I don't know how many are in cross-church, 300, 350, something like that in total. Well, in your marriage, hopefully you just have two, husband and wife. But the principles still apply. So from the husband, he has to set the tone spiritually. So are you showing yourself to be living out the seven habits as a demonstration to your family? Does your family know that you're daily reading the word and daily spending time in prayer? Do they know that? Because if they don't, How can they follow something that doesn't exist or they don't see? See, we often kind of lose sight of that we, if we are to be the leader, we actually need to lead. If we're not leading, then we're just giving up our responsibility. We're abdicating our responsibility and forcing it upon our wife, which was never intended to be there. So we need to be Establishing what the household looks like spiritually, holiness. Are we being careful about what enters into the house in all aspects? Um, primarily, electronic. You know, we this is this is our primary communication point in and out of our households. Social media, television, internet. These are the things that we need to be very careful about and. In, in establishing the standards, biblical, godly standards for our family in what comes in and what goes out. Because I think it's easy to kind of just lose sight of that completely. We also need to be that chief servant. This, this is a little bit of a review from last week, but I think it's so important that we hammer it home again. The chief servant. This was Jesus. Jesus was the chief servant. He washed the feet of his disciples. He taught his disciples. He led by example and then ultimately died for the church. This is to be the perspective of the husband. We need to be able to teach our family. We need to be able to lead by example. Are you willing, not necessarily the act of washing your family's feet, but are you serving your family? Are you... Setting the tone on what a servant humble attitude looks like, or is it about you being the king of your castle? because it's very easy to fall into that so in the church we we divvy up duties right you know we, we've we've got greeters we've got people working at the cafe we've got you know me preaching, we've got the worship team we've got People looking after kids. There's many, many different roles. Do you do this in your household? Do you consider each other's strengths and giftings of God and then divvy up up tasks accordingly? Or is it just, oh man, washing dishes, that's woman's work. So you just do that. Is that our attitude? Or do we actually you know look at the tasks, look at our abilities, look at our time availability? and then divvy things up accordingly because you need to work as a team. I think historically it was like the husband goes out to work, the wife looks after the house, and I think we would all agree that's kind of not where we're really at today culturally, but we need to make sure that we are working as a team. So even if you look at your kids, how, how hard is it? Uh, I know I look at my grandchildren, you know, already four years old, playing off, oh, maybe I'll ask mom this. I'll you know, go ask your dad, oh, maybe I'll ask dad this. And just trying to find the best mechanism that works out better for them. But if you're not working as a team, I know Pam Hartree and I have had many conversations about kids and, and she, she's got a bit of an old school uh, method and I kind of like it. You know, it's like, no, these are the rules and we stick to the rules. And, and that's often something that slides because we're just kind of so busy in life and we don't really focus on our tasks and our duties. One of the big things that, that we often forget, let's, let's circle back to holiness. What is holiness? We are, we are to be set apart, set apart for God. And we, we too often just allow the world to just creep in and impact us. In the words we say, in in our actions, our attitude, our thoughts, because it's so easy to just blend in. And this this is what God's asking us not to do. We are to be set apart. We are to be different from the world. And we need to work at that every day. Now, I understand that it is not easy doing this. And men... And women, I know this is a revelation, men and women are wired differently. So, I had uh, I had the privilege of going out for coffee with a couple of friends last week. Hadn't seen each other for, well, we kind of chatted a little bit, but, you know, going for coffee. It was It was like, yeah, we haven't done this for a while. And we solved all the world's problems in two hours. And as we're leaving, one of the guys says, so when we go back home, our wives are going to say, so what did you talk about? What's the typical guy answer? Not much. <laughs> and I know my wife, she would be giving me play-by-play everything that was said, every topic, nothing is missed. And this is, this is the clash. You, you have very different styles And it's, it's, it's true. You have to be able to work within that. So for me, after about halfway through Sally's conversation of everything that they talked about, I'm kind of glazed over. It's like, okay, are we done yet? I get it. (laughs) And, and she's left wanting because like, you were there for two hours and you just say, like, you just talked about whatever, like nothing. So it was kind of funny because after my friend had said this, I was like, okay, I got to remember. Okay, we talked about this. We talked about this. We talked about this. And I gave her just an overview, just like hitting the key points. And you know what? She was happy. I was like, oh, okay, well, you must have had a good time. As opposed to my usual, ah, we didn't talk about much. And sometimes it just takes that little bit of recognition to understand that you are different. And you need to respect your partner to be able to put things in line and put things in a way that you can communicate well because communication gets broken down so easily because we are stuck in the middle of something on our phone and the world doesn't exist then. And we need to make sure that we are communicating regardless of whatever social media happens to be in your hand at that particular moment. Establish some boundaries around that. I, I think last week I confessed that the week prior, my, uh, my average phone time was over eight hours a day. Now, I understand that is my primary tool, but is that excessive? Probably. Would everybody agree with that? Eight hours, a little excessive? Yeah. Because if you go to your phone, I'm not sure, sure if you can do this, but you can go on your phone, it'll tell your average use t- usage for the day, but it'll also break it down by every app you touched, down to, like, minutes. Like, like if, you, if I spent eight hours, even if I have spent one minute on one particular app, it'll tell me that. And then you start to look, okay, how much of that was reading my Bible? How much of that was texting with clients? How much of that was, oh, yeah, playing Clash of Clans? Hmm wow, that was two hours a day. And you need to be honest with yourself because, believe me, your phone will tell you all kinds of things that you don't even want to hear. But you need to be honest with yourself. And are you really, truly making your family, whether it's a husband or a wife, are you making them the priority? Because this is what God intended, that we make each other the priority. We submit, we obey, and we—you know it's very clear. Husbands are sub- supposed to submit to the wife and wives are supposed to submit to the husband. But it's always the husband's responsibility first. He is the leader. And this is why we throw the word obey in there. There is an obedience factor. And I found it so interesting that Janet threw that in because that is so culturally not acceptable today for wives, obey your husband. But your husband better be looking at things from a biblical perspective and leading in a manner, like I said, that is worthy of the office of husband from a biblical perspective. Because nobody wants to obey and submit to somebody who isn't leading, isn't taking the family in a correct direction, is just doing whatever they want. Because we often allow just all the other things. What what baggage did you bring into the relationship? Might have been just a hobby that, nothing wrong with a hobby, but you're just spending all your time doing that, and that is your priority. People who, oh man, the number of times I hear oh, yeah, I'm going going on a holiday with the guys, or I'm going on a holiday with the gals. You're not even going on holidays together. I think we can all, like, if it's you, stop. But I think we can all say that, yeah, we've heard people say that. That is messed up. I found on my vacation time, that is when some of the, the best bonding and connection time happens because work is out of the way. All of the distractions are out of the way. And now it's just us. And that is an absolutely amazing time. But if we even throw that away, where is your relationship really at? And and I think it's important that we really step back and say, is my wife, is my husband the priority in my life? Or have I put all of these other things, my hobbies, my tasks that, that I, I feel are so incredibly important and we, we prioritize things all wrong and we forget about submission, we don't even respect the person. If we really look at respect, like that is such a critical component. I don't know if any of you have walked in the hallway just behind the sanctuary here. Big letters, I mean, big letters on the wall that spell out Respect. I can't do the Aretha Franklin thing. (laughs) But why is that there? Every day I'm in this church and I walk down that hallway, it's a great reminder of be respectful. Are you respectful of your wife? Are you respectful of your husband? Because I think we often... Again, set aside. It's all baked into one big pie. Submission, respect, and obedience. You let one of them fall by the wayside and very quickly the others are going to follow. So when we look at our marriage, and I, last week I, I touched on about 50% of marriages fail. And I think one of our problems is we enter into marriage with that even being an option, failure in a marriage being being divorce. If if we enter into marriage with that's not even on the radar screen, that failure is not an option, you're going to work harder to accomplish the tasks. I've been working with Ryan Smith to help him get his business up and running, a, a trucking business. And failure's not an option. Otherwise, you get buried in the debt that, you know, trucks aren't cheap. They're really not cheap. So if you enter into a business with the option of, well, if it fails, no big deal. Nobody thinks like that this is the attitude we need to have when it comes to marriage failures in a divorce is not an option. We are going to work through whatever it takes to make it work. We are going to figure out the problems. We're going to get counseling. We're going to do whatever is necessary. And maybe it takes somebody pointing into your life to say, dude, you're just not doing the seven habits or lady. You're just not doing the seven habits. And and this is breaking down your marriage. Your your spiritual life is a mess. So as a result, your marriage is a mess because that is the foundation for our marriage of what God establishes, not us. This is what God establishes. Are you doing your daily walk with God? Are you mindful of the moment-by-moment holiness? Are you attending church weekly? Because often... Hockey becomes God, and church becomes third or fourth priority. We need to be careful of the things and activities that we do as a family. Is it replacing church? Are you in a small group? Believe it or not, your family is your small group. That is your small group. You need to be meeting together and reading the word together. And believe me, that's something that th- these are things that I, I look at and go, wow, I need to do better at that, I need to do better at that, I need to do better at that. Serving, are you serving each other? Discipleship, this is, this is a huge function of the family. If you, once you bring kids in, because this is God's plan that you bring kids in, that is your function, disciple your kids. If your kid has no idea what the gospel is and they're 10 years old, then you have completely missed the point of what your role is. In, as being a Christian is. This, is. this is the Great Commission. This was the last marching orders of Jesus is to go out and, and spread the gospel. Go out to everywhere and spread the gospel. That includes your household. And we need to be doing that. And the last one is give. We need to be generous, not just in our family. This is what God has commanded us to do. But I know of people who are generous outside and really super stingy with their family. So we need to look at this. These are great foundational things to build your family on. Every one of the biblical, every one of those habits has a biblical verse attached to it. If you haven't read through them or you've forgotten about them, go back and review them. They're so critical to your life. And they're all going to point you in the right direction of submit, respect, and obey. This is what's going to really set your marriage apart. And it's working together as a team. Because this is a direct mar- like mirror between the church, Jesus being the head of the church, Pastor Allen being the head of this particular church, but being the under-shepherd of Jesus. And this is what the marriage, the husband is established as the authority in the, in the household, but not in a dominating way. It's easy to lay down and submit to somebody who is serving you in the most amazing ways. It's really hard to submit to somebody who's like, by force, you got to do this. That is not what Jesus did. He did never. He never came at this with a, 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 a manner of force. It was very humble. And this is how we need to do it. In Micah, act justly, love mercy, and walk humbly with your God. This this is this is what we're called to do. Act in humility. So we need to look at this again and again and again, because it we we have a a very short span of memory, and as I'm getting older, it's getting worse but we need to make sure that we are reminding ourselves daily of what our role is and how we are to con- conduct ourselves as Christians and as Christian spouses. This is, this, is, this is God's command to us. So remember, submit, respect, and obey. Let's pray. Father, just thank you so much, Lord, that you have, established what the structure is for family. It it is a perfect structure when adhered to. Lord, I, I pray that you would break a spirit of rebellion in us, that we would understand how we are to live our lives according to your plan, not our own. Lord, I ask that this message would be hitting hard to many people here in the congregation, here and also online, that they would understand that they need to submit to you and set aside their own rebellious attitude. Lord, we just thank you for your word, and we ask that, that it is applied to our lives and that we would, have, we would have our lives changed forever as we turn to you. In Jesus' name, amen. So before we all run away, if you are a member or call Cross Church your home, if you want to hang out, we have a message for you.